Hello and welcome to uh, another episode of Tales of Two Teachers with me, M. And me, M. And me, B. That's just B and I having a, a professional disagreement uh, just there, but she loves me really, don't you? No. Oh, okay. Well, um, it flashed up on my phone only moments ago. Um, it is the first anniversary of this podcast, M. What do you think about that? It's exciting. Uh, should we? Let's do it. High Come five on. up Yes. Here. Yeah, that was our hands slapping against each other there. Uh, as we high-fived with celebration, uh, how happy we are. We've made it for a year of podcast episodes. I find that quite amazing. And you still have listeners. And we still have listeners. A year down yeah. line. I just had a quick look and I was overexcited because it said we had listeners in Indonesia and Croatia until I realised our colleagues went there on half-term and probably listened there. So they broke my little heart again. But, you know, 365 days. Um, I can't remember any episodes. We've done a lot of episodes and we still have listeners. So I'm 25 or 30 probably now, is it? That's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. It is really. I need, I'll, what I'll do tonight is listen to the first ever episode, which was a god-awful. Um, mm. Yeah, I didn't really enjoy that one. <clears throat> I think our confidence was low. Um, we just didn't... Well, you'd spoke about football, so that no, was the big problem. You there, was lack of, there was a lack of gel. It was, it was non-league football and yeah. the Nigerian football. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hot I topics. Loved it. Hot I topics. love talking about that, but I think, yes, I think it gels a bit better now. It flows a bit mm. better. It's le- we're less awkward. Um, so. Yeah, so, but yes, happy anniversary, Ian. Thank you. Are you taking me out tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Do I need to put a red rose on the table? I think so. Uh, maybe between my teeth instead. That might be even nicer. Okay. I've actually written here 365 days accidentally, and I know you're a big fan of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I am. Yes. That is a very educational film, and I thoroughly <laughs> recommend it to... Maybe the ladies out there, but also anybody else if you're interested. Okay. I would do the same about M. <laughs> I'd recommend him to the ladies. Moving well. swiftly on. Okay, so there are two questions this week. Um, now, question one, you could probably answer this quite well. Okay. Um, who, who sent it in? Uh, Farik. That's what we're going with. Farik, thank you very much for this question. I don't think it was someone called Farik. I, I forgot the name of the person. It was, right. it was yeah, but we're going to say it was. Um, this is a question about reading oh. and about how reading is sold across our curriculum. They've asked, is reading only really encouraged in English? I don't think they mean reading as in... Um, what are you laughing at? I don't think they mean reading as in within tasks, but reading like for pleasure and reading books. They said, is this only uh, targeted as something in English? And do teachers share what they're reading with their students? That was what I was asked in the email. Um, so turn to the second part, because that's the easiest part. Yes, because we, as part of our school day, we have reading sessions every day after lunchtime for 20 minutes, just to settle the children after lunch. We are reading school and all staff, are encouraged to uh, to read. We use the acronym ERIC, everyone reads in class. Mm-hmm. So with that being the case, the teacher would model good reading as well. We have something called Reading Families, whereby uh, the each form would be reading a specific text. Uh, the teacher would be modeling that as well. So um, so yes, we, we, you know, across the curriculum and at form time as well, we read, uh, we have a library, children are encouraged to go there, they have library tours, it's quite, um, that's a really nice space isn't it, the library. Do you still have an English those sessions where you go, because I remember I had to cover an English lesson at some point, maybe two years ago, where they just went to the library and just read as part of one of their sessions. No, so they know we don't have that anymore, but we, no. you know, the, the English staff do use it as a space for, for you know, learning. 
Mm. Um, and then what was, give me the premise of the first question again. Well, the first question was, is reading for like books and pleasure, is that only really um, incumbent on the English department to do? But I think you answer that with no, because we do it in form, it's a yeah. formal activity, don't we? Yeah, um, and especially across the humanitarian subjects in particular, I think there's an awful lot of reading that goes into it, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, just not always fiction reading, more no. primarily non-fiction. But, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Fenton, that's the name of the emailer. Fenton. Sorry, yes, Fenton. Sorry, Fenton. I invented a name because I couldn't remember what your full name was and we didn't have time to look at the emails. But your name is Fenton. Thank you, Fenton, for that. Isn't that the name of that dog that runs around that video for many uh, years ago? Yes, Fenton. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's right. Yes, yeah, so thank you, Fenton, for that. So, no, it's not just English department that do it. We, no. we share that burden. We talk about reading quite regularly. Um, do you talk about, because you read quite a lot of, I know, non fiction books, but you also, you're still on Wuthering Heights from can, about 10 years ago. Can be read. <laughs> We actually, as teachers, we share a reading book together, the three of us, uh, which we like to sit down and read together. Do we? Oh, uh, we oh God, do, right, yes, yes. which is quite nice. Yes. No, we do. Um, <laughs> I mainly spoke about it with my, in form time, it's normally kind of fiction books that we're reading. Mm. I'm a massive Harry Potter geek, and I'm mm. rereading those at the moment, so we've been talking about that. Um, and trying to encourage non-Harry Potter fans in the room to uh, read Harry Potter. Um, and then, yeah, in, in geography, we certainly do. We, we talk a lot about the Prisoners of Geography books. Oh, well, They're fantastic. Yeah. Um, we touched on that a little bit, didn't we, in the first well, very first. And they underpin a lot of wider reading that students do. Um, and it, it just provides a lot of stimulus for lessons as well. So we how, much do you, do you, how much do you read at home? Because so I know you, you do day. read quite a lot. What do I you do read? read? Well, at the minute, I'm going back through the Harry Potters. My mum mm. is also doing the same, so having a bit of competition who can read it quickest. But... I just feel it's one of those things that you always miss things. I think how clever it is. So, mm. yeah, well, I'm going back through. I've just, prior to that, I just finished Alice in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass. Oh, yeah. Prince Classics. Uh, 1984 was just before that. Cool. Oh, that's a bad so, one. I'm going through some classics. I've also got The Murder of Roger Ackroyd. Oh, that's world class. That is a banging Christie, that. Christie. Oh. Um, yeah, I did Murder on the Orient Express just before that. Nice. I do yeah, enjoy. Do read quite a lot. I do read quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. Prior, you know. To your belief, I, I can read and I do read quite a lot. How do you read well, every night? Well, Thank do you. I? Do you read every night? No. I don't read every I night. I read every night. No, I don't anymore. I'm I so do an arrow word followed by reading. Nice. How long do you read for every night then? Oh, depends how long my husband decides he's going to play a switch for. <laughs> do you, and do you, but do you read to uh, your child? Do you read yeah, a story? Yeah, we do. We do. read. I mean, at the minute, it's mainly just... We do a mixture. We do a mixture of... Um, like saying words like cat and dog mm. and then I do read her a story yeah. every day as well or depending on how much she'd let me get through the book before she runs off because mm. mm. I don't I used to read more regularly than I do uh, and I don't know whether that's I think it's just a time thing but I also don't know was, a, was, was when we were young did we read more regularly than some kids do now just generally I don't know I think it's a really good method for me it's certainly with mental health difficulties it's certainly been a calmer and a grounding Thing for me in the evenings <laughs> to switch off from technology yeah and, and just to do that reading yeah mm. it, it made a massive difference mm. interesting yeah yeah okay i should get back on thank you fenton that's made wow. a thank you fenton uh that's made me think of fentimans you know the fentimans are drinks i feel like you're mm. going too far with this poor man i'm name. so tired right today let me tell you let me just tell you this because i'm so tired i can i can just go off on it a five lesson day right i also didn't have lunch time because i had to go and do that assembly uh, the Remembrance Assembly um, to a U group just in that time um, and I had duty at break time so I haven't and we then had a lot of meeting just then didn't we so what, I, what the, what the um, listeners can't see is the tiny violin just in the corner of the room that's not a violin <laughs> yeah okay 
Em has basically worked for five hours today. Five yeah. hours? You wish. I know. If there's poor people out there that are doing, you know... Yeah. You can pay yourself to maybe work Night in shifts. a cobalt, in a cobalt you know, mine like... or something like that. Uh, yeah. I'm, yeah, well, yeah. The cobalt mines are unethical. I don't do the cobalt mines. Yes. Sorry. Uh, can you go... <laughs> You can't read your own handwriting. No, I can't. This is you? from Tallulah. And Tallulah wanted... And that is actually the name, because I remember because it's a lovely name. Tallulah said, can you please go on a holiday together and record your adventure? <laughs> <laughs> so that is what Tallulah wow. wants us to do. Now, uh, I don't know whether Tallulah is planning on chipping into any financial uh, burden of us three going on one <laughs> holiday. Should we get to a button? Like now, yeah. can we go on a holiday together? Um, well, I mean, there's nothing stopping us, but I think mm. you two have kids, so that might be a problem. So probably we can't go on holiday together. No, we could. We could go for a mini break. Where would, you, where, and where would you go for a mini break together? This is a great question, Tallulah. We could do a whole... Uh, I would one. love to go wild camping with you two because it would be so funny to try and see you make a campfire. I can't, I can't. Like, That's, or, that would be the best bit. put a tent up. Yeah, I just can't. put a tent up to erect anything. It would I, be very difficult. No, I've had plenty of practice. I don't, I'd be absolutely fine with that. Living, staying outdoors would be a major problem. I find it. I don't like t- uh, camping at all. I find it real horrible. I don't like it. It's, you get all stinky and dirty like night one. It's disgusting. What happens if it's cold at night? What do you mean? As in, do you cope well with the cold? Well, I'm all right in that. I just don't like that. I, I think it's the. It's just too. It's dirty. It's Maybe we. Yeah, really. that's something to think about. I certainly wouldn't take us camping. I'd do something like a uh, some sort of cultural weekend. City, City yeah, yeah. yeah. It Rouge. maybe like yeah, a little, che- a little cheapy we could do. I think I'd yeah. like to do Eastern European city break with you. Maybe Bratislava. Yeah, maybe yeah, you could give one. us a tour of Liverpool for the weekend. A weekend <laughs> tour of Liverpool. Yeah, mm. I, would, I, I would quite enjoy that as well. I've only been once. I'd like to go to Bruges. Oh, we could do our very own in Bruges. Yeah, I'd yeah. like to do that. Maybe we. Uh, well, I think it'd be. Toluda has hit a very Toluda good has point hit something. Here. We would have a good time, but you know it would be. But what the listeners don't know is that myself and M have just. Planning a trip, aren't we? But the <laughs> difference is, is that we will probably have nearly 150 students in tow. So we, will. we wouldn't and be M, able to. M thinks he's not coming, but, but he is. I, I'd like to go. I, but I'm just. I, it's a. It's a trip which is almost a repeat, but a slightly less intense one of the one last year. So maybe we could do something around France. that. Just yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. little. If, we're, if I get to go on that one, then we can just do another special from the school yeah. trip. That'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a whole day together. It may not happen to Lula, but you know, stay tuned. You never know. Um. Okay, it is at the moment, obviously, uh, the time of year leading up to Remembrance, and I did a Remembrance Assembly for um, the whole of the school that I've been doing all week, and also as part of our annual Remembrance piece, we have something with Year 7 where they create some rather beautiful wreaths, which is then used as part of the Remembrance in the local area. Um, I know you'd be particularly proud of your one, mm-hmm. which is, is very lovely as ever. Uh, however, I think, to be fair, this year the standard has got to be the highest I've seen. Yes. It's probably because I'm not actually involved in the creative... And mine is leading the front. I was just sat here thinking, God, that's a beautiful one, and I realised it's mine. Mm. Uh, <laughs> actually, my forms. Your forms, yes, not you, yes. Not you, me. You, uh, you played a key role. Yeah. Um, now, I just had a couple of things to talk about with remembrance generally, uh, not just within schools, but just sort of more broadly. My first question to the both of you, I suppose, and I touched on it in my assembly, so I'm going to ask you all to gauge your opinions on it now. Um, what do you think is the reason for the focus for remembrance being particularly on World War One and Two, when, as I pointed out in my assembly, conflicts that Britain's been involved in and soldiers have died and, and fought in have been numerous in the 20th century? Do you think it's because of the global aspect of it? Is it to do with a numerical... Um, you know, statistic of it, it was being incredibly a violent, deadly war for British, for British and others. Um, is it mainly a statistical one that we have this 
for, do you think, or is there something else that ekes those two conflicts in the national memory, aside from a huge number of others? I just wanted to know what you thought. Because I, I touched on the Assembly, didn't really have time to get any responses, obviously, so I was just interested in your thoughts on this. Well, things. funny you say that, we discussed this in form today, in reading time. Nice. Uh, after we'd just read about uh, soldiers coming over from Jamaica and uh, the Caribbean. Mm, yes. Um, and I think it's very much a personal thing. I think traditionally, yes, I think it's World War One and Two that everybody focuses on, and mm. I think that just seems to be eked in tradition. I think we are very traditional as a country, and that's how it is. But mm. we were saying in form that I think as you become more educated, certainly as I've taught a lot of geography, geopolitics, you start to learn about a lot of other conflicts. Mm. And I think that then becomes an individual thing where you then educate other people about talking about different conflicts and it doesn't stop you from remembering it. And I think even though the traditional slogans is that all focused around World War One and Two, I think as an individual, people will think about different things. So I don't think it's. But why is the why is the national thing still focused on? I, I think it's just because we're very traditional. Is my thoughts on it. I also think that both both wars had such a, a long-standing impact mm. on the whole nation. You know, I'm sure you're going to refer to some other smaller conflicts, but you know. It wasn't affecting the countryside and the inner city. Mm. You know, I think everyone got in, but in some capacity was involved, whether it was um, sort of women taking the responsibilities of men at home, going out into the fields and the munitions factories, mm-hmm. or whether it's the chaps on the front line and, and everyone in between. I think those two, coupled with the horrific loss, mm-hmm. coupled with the sort of global aspect of it, mm. all ties into why we think... Why? I would even say World War One is is the conflict that we most think about. It's a isn't scale, it? isn't it? And I think they're still and like you when you see was it last year, year before they had a, quite a few films out, but they had um, was it Peter Jackson that did a coloured mm, yes, like, feature length uh, like, they should not grow old. I think it was called yeah. yeah. Colorised all that footage. And yeah. I think it still fascinates people that, that that was the conditions that we were faced with. Mm. And mm. And we had like the strength all, of the all strength of nations, isn't it? Oh yeah. yes, the German film, yeah. And we had nineteen fifteen. Seventeen. Which was the one that was filmed in one shot. And that brings it, it brings it back into perspective, isn't it? Because mm. prior to that you've can't think of many films really, but even things like Black Adder, you know, goes forth and things like that, trying to keep it. I think it just yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of camaraderie and and coming together isn't there when you think about wartime efforts and things I think sometimes that's lacking in society nowadays that kind of push and, and is, coming together so maybe it, that's what people is well, a part of as Beast alluded to before this idea of tradition is 19th is sort of that um, early 20th century and particularly World War One, a time that Britain looks back on and, and World War Two as well in the 1940s where Britain looks back and people think oh that's when Britain was great that's when britain was britain is it that it's hard because actually there's a bit of an acronym in that when talking about pulling together the crime rate was never been higher in the 20th century than when world war ii was happening so burglaries murders though it was like the highest it'd been so mm-hmm. actually there wasn't really a, the same level as pulling together there's this obviously this i suppose nostalgic and kind of national obsession with blitz spirit which to well, some I extent because i think you see that though in the jubilees we've had because you think about the jubilees they're encouraging everyone to have those big lunches mm-hmm. and coming together and that's a very traditional wartime mm-hmm. so i think there's always those little tapping into yeah celebrating together with people your neighbors um which i think does stem from the wars we've had and but some of those wars were they didn't have those those things didn't happen and those no those but like... i think that's what i think is very much a media pre- representation isn't it and and mm. what we then feel 
is what we would, you know, what people did. It's the done thing and it may not have happened. It's unlikely that that happened. But, but yeah, but that's what was odd. So like, it's a lot of what we think about it isn't true. Which, yeah. Which I find then... But it, you get this a lot, don't yeah. you? And yeah. a lot of it is media... I wonder how it will. I wonder how it will go in the future. I just think, obviously, none of us were around for either either war, but we do have, or we have had grandfathers or and grandparents yeah. who have been like my grandmother's still alive. She was very much involved in you know living in Liverpool and getting bombed in Liverpool. She mm. can recollect it incredibly well. So it is quite you know poignant for me. But mm. after my generation, they might, that link might That'll be gone. Go, That's yeah. definitely a thing I've said about in my assemblies that no aren't any veterans in World War One left to tell, tell us their stories. Obviously, we have videos and stuff of them, so you can still see what they said. But the, that personal link is fading fast, and it's, it's something which makes remembrance probably more important um, because otherwise there'll be no one who experienced it to, to bear witness to it. We've got to do that now. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to ask, actually, is it's a bit of an interesting thing because you and I play some video games we play some war-based games don't we why is it the older conflict so I would say you know let's let's say you like your classical history that kind of mm. thing things like the Battle of Hastings stuff like that mm. where people were ritualistically slaughtered those things don't seem to have be treated with the same reverence as conflicts which are more recent so like you think about ah oh, you know I played medieval total war and I made all these cool things happen um, and even, like, arguably, you have those games in World War One and Two now, and some films, which are a bit more action-packed, um, which kind of reduces the reverence or the respect, almost, because it's like, oh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, go around and smash up this castle. Uh, and, you know, you're replicating people getting horribly murdered, you yeah. know, to the same... Not the same numbers, but in the same ways as people were killed in World War One and Two. Um, but there seems to be less of a... Yeah, less of a... Not, almost, like, respect around it. Um... And it's, sometimes those things are useful for education, but I just wondered why is it that we treat certain conflicts with more, almost reverence or more um, respect than some others, which are treated more like as, oh, this is just ripe for a video game where we go smash these I, things up. I guess in the age of science, you know, and diplomacy, we consider things like that to be barbaric and horrific and that we've moved away from that, but... We definitely yeah. haven't. <laughs> well, no, we haven't, you know... At the face of it, but I guess when people sit back in their armchair and they're so far away from the conflict, it's very easy to say, you know, it's horrific. Mm. These things have been going on since the dawn of time, like you said there. It hasn't changed. People's proclivity for violence and, and being able to enact violence on other people is about probably the... the well, it depends how you use the word greatest, but the greatest achievement of mankind is the ability to kill, manage to find new ways of killing one another. Mm. Um, so it's yeah. I just find it a bit a bit odd that there's this um, a glorification sometimes yeah. of killing and violence. It's like because I'm guilty. I play things like Age of Empires. And, Maybe you, you see know, that in, do, in and stuff documentaries like. and series. I mean, yeah, and films. Yeah, take, yeah. I I never watched it, but Game of Thrones is a classic example of mm. glorifying war and death. And well, that's, that's I can understand that a bit more because like, that's like that, that's not real. Although it's based on the War of the Roses, mm. which are real. People did yeah. die in those wars. Obviously, yeah. innocent people and soldiers, but they're not. It's not treated in. I think it's people can remove themselves from it and they don't feel the humanity whereas Mm. I can't watch things like that because I can't remove myself from it I I find it a very difficult Mm. link to break it's Mm. quite a primordial thing though isn't it you know and I think maybe I don't know obviously it's terrible it's horrific and whatever else it's just a part of life I suppose isn't it you know these are one of those really ancient 
sort of thing that lives inside you, violence and mm. sexuality and things like that. You can't just get it out of people, can no, you? No, no. Maybe, but your point about separation, so when we see, I don't know, some French bloke wearing plate mail firing a crossbow, maybe we don't feel as closely related to them as a bloke in a trench or in... Yeah. You know, World War II or in Palestine, Israel now. Obviously, you, I mean, we're physically not close to them anyway, but maybe it's so different we can almost separate ourselves from it. But they yeah. were just like us, really. That's mm-hmm. it. I think that's what it comes down to. Mm. Yeah. Well, interesting. Yeah, that's uh, very interesting to Just on that, though, uh, I just want to make clear, I don't think that World War I and II aren't significant and shouldn't be uh, spoken about from my first question. I was just reflecting and renewing, yeah. but obviously extremely spe- uh, specific and significant wars. Um, and at year, and at year seven, they got the last post play, didn't they? Yesterday, quite That's movingly, lovely. yeah. Which I we always have. Quite poignant. Yeah, it's really. I had this good. question for you. I did have to have a quick conversation with them, obviously, being head of year seven. Go on. Because their reaction to the end of the last post was to applaud, mm. and there was something obviously that didn't sit mm. right with me. And <clears> my concern is obviously this year. Remembrance has fallen on a Saturday, and then obviously parades will be a Sunday. So that yeah. that silence will be on the Saturday when they could well well be out and about that maybe the last post will play wherever they are so I did remind them that that I wasn't quite sure what the appropriate what the appropriate reaction is I just thought it was sombre silent reflection was the yeah but then football games they play it and it's silence but then they applaud straight afterwards I suppose like it's a stadium of 60,000 people that do it Um, it it all comes from marks of respect doesn't it and I think I certainly felt a bit odd because I've never been brought up to clap after it um, but I don't think it was. There was any. Malice. No, there's no. No, it certainly wasn't malice. No, I just no, I thought if you went a, to a um, a parade, say, mm, or a church service, or a church something. service yeah, yeah, yeah. I can guarantee that the, be the reaction won't no. be applause. No. So just that's interesting. Maybe uh, yeah, maybe they just thought that the teacher who played the piece well yeah. made some applause. Yeah. I don't. Oh, that definitely was what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we always even in assembly the other day, mm. I always encourage the children to thank the guest speaker. Of course. You know, thank them for the time and the delivery. I think it was just... It's more about yeah. that. It was more about that, I think. I don't think there's necessarily a prescribed way to no, to reflect is. anyway. So some people might find a... So, yeah, even a football game, so sometimes they say we have a, a minute's applause if someone's died instead of a minute's silence. Sometimes it's, you know, it's just another way of doing it, I suppose. I'm not sure whether I'd personally do it, I agree, but I don't know. Yeah. yeah. As, long, as long as it's not... By, as long as there's no disrespect intended, I don't think it no, matters, really. No, definitely won't. No, that's fine. Um... Plugs, uh, not uh, of the teaching variety. You wanted to do your, or well, there is some. Yeah, in fact, we can do a quick one each. Well, no, Mine's very short. Yeah, mine is short. Go for it, you two. Should we go? go first? Or you go first. You go first. I'll go first. Okay, so on Monday we had a training session and we were looking at exam marking for English language and component one and two in particular, um, basically fiction, narrative writing, and analysis of. And um, the English language exam in particular is a bit of a doozy in that I think it's the only exam, you may have a, a different view, you two, it's the only exam where quality and quantity are valued in equal measure. That being the case that um, when the children sit here and, it, and it'll, sometimes it's um, you know, an hour and 45 minute exam and two hour exams, whereby they've never really practiced that skill before and they just have to write. Mm. And it's a very difficult exam in that way because it doesn't suit all learning styles. Of course it doesn't. But one of the main things that we've sort of accidentally stumbled across is, and we've fallen foul, and I've fallen foul of it for a decade now, 
is that when we practice the sub-elements of the exam, whether it's the final okay question, the how question, the evaluate question, um, we work on the principle of it's a mark a minute. And we will then put a digital stopwatch on the, on the, on the board and say, right, final okay, five marks, you've got five minutes, go. But that does not replicate anything they would see in the exam. Oh, it's like the analog clock facing. Mm. Oh, so, yeah, so, so we had this email. I've started right, doing yeah. it. Yeah, so we thought, well, in the exam, they're only allowed an analog clock. Yeah, yeah. And it would frighten you how many children can't tell the time with an analog clock. Yeah, yeah. So if they can't tell the time with an analog clock, how yeah. can they possibly time themselves? And what tends to happen is they'll spend longer than they should on questions that aren't highly valued. You know, they don't have the same um, weight of marks. And then at the back of the exam, when they have to write their own narrative and there's 40 marks available, they end up only having 10, 15 minutes to do it, subsequently throwing away about 30 marks mm. and subsequently about three grade boundaries. Mm. And that is why potentially they're not achieving what they should. So we are now in the process, daft as it sounds, of teaching them all how to use an analog clock yep. and then replacing all digital stopwatches with an analog clock. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I saw the email agree. came through. I've also done that as Never well. Never thought stuff. about it no, till the other day. But as soon as I had the email from um, you guys at English, all I, I've now put that in my favourites and that's my timer now. That's I, yeah, have, um, I have a clock bag in the middle of my room, but mm. it's scary how many kids say, miss, you know, what's the time, how long we've got left? And I never Just actually thought it's because they can't read the time. Mm. I yeah. it's because they weren't looking at the clock, mm. but... Mm. There is a bag in the middle of my room. And and that, I mean, that's a question that, you know, how are they getting through primary school without being able to read a clock? It might well be a generational thing. Like, they've all got their phones as a clock now. I don't have a... The only clock I have is one analogue clock in my house. I have then my phone, like my PlayStation. I don't have one of those Apple watches, but that's what they have. So yeah. a digital life is all they're really used to in terms of telling the time. Yeah. So obviously then we need to go back to previously in school and either teach it better mm. or... The exam boards need to yeah use digital use digital and you, sort yeah. of react to in a more digital world. Mm. I suppose yeah, it could be either solution. I suppose yeah yeah. Um, B. Mine is um, our school have uh, been using a no hands up policy for a while, which is where instead of having uh, dominant students offering answers all the time and other students kind of fading into the background and not maybe not as confident mm. or perhaps not wanting to respond we mm. have no hands up so the, the premise of that is that teachers will uh, pose a question uh, they'll have some thinking time and then the staff member will ask students at random so you don't know who's going to get asked um and i was thinking about this and we were talking about it again in our workshops on on monday and we were asking you know what do we do for those students with SEND? um you know issues that may surround anxiety and worrying about things like that and and actually that causes more anxiety because me as an adult even I get anxious when I think someone's going to ask me a question I haven't got a clue what they're going to ask and it puts you on the spot and I don't like it mm. it really drives anxiety so I think that could be a negative viewpoint um so what we were suggesting and what I'm trying certainly in, in geography lessons and hopefully to spend it send it out across humanities is when I pose a question then getting students to factor in some time to say right can you turn your planners, we have some cards in it of red, amber and, um, and green, yeah. to get them to turn it and based on how confident they feel that they'd be able to answer that question. Now, that's not saying if they put red, they get away with it. It just means that you as the teacher then scaffold your questioning slightly differently. So you can still include them in the conversation, but you might ask them after two or three other students have spoken so they can then build some confidence and pick from them. Mm. Um, but I think also as well, they then... <coughs> hopefully will become more confident because they may see other students that originally put red and amber 
and they then change theirs to green as the lessons have progressed or as time has progressed and it hopefully then might address some of that anxiety yeah. so it's almost like them being able to say to the teacher I do want to participate, but I'm not 100% confident on doing so. Can you help me by the way you yeah, approach that question, strength, you know, yeah. speaking to me? So yeah, that's yeah. something I'm certainly going to try because I think a lot of SEMD students do want to participate, but they can't help the anxieties that surround it. So I will trial that and I'll let you know how it goes. Mm, no, fantastic. I look forward to hearing more about that. Nice. Certainly, that sounds like something which we can easily, uh, easily implement. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. Nice, yeah. Two nice plugs there. Thank you. Yeah, well, lovely stuff. Right. Uh, to finish then, have you got a quiz? I've got a quiz. Do you do need some paper. And I've done it with the structure as I thought that people might be listening to this on the way home or without children present. So you need to... Without um, children present? No, as in dirty. like, so you could, so you could like, actually think oh, about the answers. Yeah. How many questions are there being, please? There are uh, 10 questions. Now, I'm not going to tell you what the 10th question is. Well, I'm you will when gonna, we get there. There's a link it, between them. And it will seem, it will seem um, random. Okay. But let's go for it. I like it. So, uh, question number one. Yeah. Pam St. Clement is one of the uh, longest running actors on EastEnders. Yeah. Who did she play in the soap from 1986 oh my to God. 2012? I've got it. Who did she play? Can I give him a clue? Could you want a clue? No, you can't give him a clue. Oh, well, I'm feeling generous today. I feel no, because it might give... Give me a clue, because I... Big earrings. Oh, yeah. Um... Okay. Uh, okay. Question number two. What are Northampton Town FC, also known as? I put a football oh. question in for you. Okay. Question number three. Exodus, Kea and Uprising are all albums by who? Uh, oh, no, I thought I had it there. I, I think I've got it. I can't really give you a clue. Well, mm. given to you. No. I'll okay. give you a clue on one in a minute if you've still gone. Question number four. Who provides the voice for the adult Simba in the newest Lion King film? The adult Simba? Adult Simba. What, as in that live action one? Yeah. Is it? No idea. Yeah. Yes, no idea. Uh, it's also Notorious Gambino. No, not Notorious Gambino. Childish Gambino. Oh, uh, no idea. Uh, I'm okay. not on that one. Question five. Which Simpsons character has a secret Malibu Stacy collection? Oh. Got for an array of oh things. Oh my god! Today. Oh. Secret. Okay. No, I can't Question number uh, six: Which nineteen seventies nineteen eighties English rock band was made up of Gordon Sumner, uh, Andy Sum- Summers, sorry, Stuart Copeland, and briefly Henry? Now I can't pronounce this. Is it Padovani? Um, Copeland. Copeland, yeah. Stuart Copeland. Mm. Is that number six? That was number six. Uh, Copeland rings a bell. Is he? Okay. Is, did you say UK based? Yeah, English rock band. I've got no idea. Okay, this is actually for uh, Mr. L or L that came on the podcast. Oh, a question yeah. for him: Which English batsman was knighted this? Well, not this year, but was has been knighted recently. Following his retirement from international cricket in 2018, he also oh. holds the record for the youngest batsman to reach 12,000 career runs. I don't know anything about cricket, mate. I did Can we have a clue? I, I literally know nothing about cricket. I know Ben Stokes and not him, is it? Initials are A and C. A and C? A and oh, C. I know. I have no idea. Is it Andrew? I can't tell you. I don't know. Okay. Number eight. 
Name the fraternity that was originally a guild of skilled workers, but now is known for its secret handshake, symbolism and sayings. Yeah. Uh, and question nine. Who duetted with Lady Gaga on the single Shallow? Yeah. <sighs> okay. How do you know that? Because you've not seen the film. It's a banger. It is a great film. What's the film? Uh, Star is Born. The newest Very good version. Film. Very good film. It's a banger, mate. Uh, are we ready um, for question 10? So question 10 is going to be... Question 10 is, what is the connection between all of those answers? And I want you to write it down. Don't say it. What is the connection? Mm. And I feel like you're going to kick yourself when you know the connection. It's uh, quite an obvious one. Yeah. <laughs> no. no. Okay, let's go through the answers. Okay. Uh, Pavel St. Clement Pat played Butcher. Pat Butcher. The Northampton Town FC? What do you put? Saints? No, Saints is Southampton. Saints, Saints, no, put... Saints is the rugby. No, Saints. Oh, the Northampton Saints. Northampton Saints is oh, rugby. I, I used to live near Northampton, so What's I know the, the cobblers. Oh, cobblers. Uh, Exodus K at an uprising. Muse? Don't know. Bob Marley and the Whalers. Oh, oh Muse have got an up- a thing called... Uprising. Oh, Exodus, of course, yeah. That's what oh. Exodus. Who provides the voice of the adult Simba? Donald Glover. Yeah. Which Simpsons character has a secret Malibu Stacey collection? <laughs> I thought Ralphie Wiggum. <laughs> I didn't know. Waylon Smithers. Oh, oh of course he does. Which uh, English rock band? I, I, I don't know. The Police. Oh, yes. But you didn't put... Oh, yeah. What's things real? I've got a shocker, yeah. Now, which English batsman was knighted? Alistair Cook. Alistair Cook. Name the fraternity. Freemasons. Freemasons. And who duetted Lady Gaga? Bradley Cooper. So what's oh, the I connection, please? Now look at your answers. Well, what's the they're connection? They're all... Um, they're all... Um, traits. Yeah, that's what They're I, all professions. Professions, true. Oh, I put from I've put like happy families, hey. you know, like the baker, the, the mason, etc. Butcher, cobbler, whalers, glover, the Smiths, police, cook, Freemasons. What'd you get? From there. How did you get? Well, I'll ever give myself a point for the end. I got four. I got five. Oh, did you like that quiz? That was good. I, that was actually quite, a different quiz. I put Brian Gosling in it. It was one of them. You should listen to Shadow on the way home. It is, no, the film is fantastic. It's very emotional. I'd have my face ripped off by a chimp. It's a good song and a good film. I'm serious. Wayne Smithers course. Oh, yeah, that should have been. Yes, there you go. There's my quiz. Thank you very much for that. Did you enjoy that quiz? Yeah, very good. That was only because R's too lazy. Every guest was supposed to do one, wasn't he? He was the one who said, I'll do it. I actually got him to read through this quiz and he was like, sorry, I forgot to give you one. So good job. I'd already yeah. preempted. He hadn't done it. Absolute fool, really. Yeah. Sorry, R. Well, don't apologize Can I have my uh, scissors back now, please? Because he's stolen Oh, I thought you uh, Are you doing a quiz for us next I, week? The next week, I will do one for you two, because I haven't done I'll do one. one after that. I Lovely can't wait. But can That's it good, with a, with a bit of a link. Quiz. It's good. Yeah, I can enjoyed it not that. be a geography quiz, though, please? It won't be a geography quiz. Thank it's going to be all about... Don't tell us. Ladies. Don't tell us. <laughs> uh, I've got ladies. so much to learn. <laughs> uh, and I've got so much to teach. No, I'm just singing that. Lady, lady, lady. Oh, Maloko. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a great song. Just so anyway. Okay. Anyway, uh, yes, you need to go and I need to I print need to and then go. leave. So thank you very much as ever for listening. Oh, this was a really good one. This, this is quite interesting. I feel this was a, a tale of two hearts. It was very meaningful and then very silly. Yeah, short and punchy, like teaching. Better short and punchy, not long. Apart it wasn't long, it was 35 day, minutes. Because he's had a nightmare of a day. Please, it was horrendous. Short punchy tasso. 
Short punchy tasks, you're right, yeah. No, that's, that's how you should structure it. Let's bang, 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 bang. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, now I need to go home and have a lie down and a massage. Uh, so I will speak, we will all see you soon. I hope you have a rather wonderful week. So it's goodbye from me, Em. That's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Bye. Bye.